So close, almost there, and we're live. Hey, folks, thanks for tuning in to the BAMP podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lafferty. Uh, today, we have two fine fellows from Accidental Cyclops. We have Mr. Jason Ward and Mikey Howerluck. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Yeah, happy to be here. I, was, I was waiting for you to go, and then we <laughs> both went at the same time. That's all right. Um, I am contractually obligated to play the following musical intro, so just indulge me for a second. And uh, gentle listeners, gentle viewers, that uh, musical extravaganza you just witnessed assures you that this is a high-quality, high-production-value podcast, only the finest ethically sourced geeky conversation uh, farm to table for your podcast listening pleasure. So today we have Jason Ward and Mikey, I'm going to say it a second time and get it right, Howard Luck. There you go. Here to talk uh, from Accidental Cyclops Games, which is a great company name. You guys have a new um, setting book for 5e that's coming on kickstarter very soon um let me get the url out for people on itunes uh, excelcyclops.com slash strange hollow dash dnd dash 5e dash tdrpg and this looks like kind of a cool sort of cozy vibe kind of uh setting and i noticed um you've got fiction there you've got oh my god ed greenwood is working with you guys on this right that's uh <laughs> that's that's amazing um i'm gonna share the screen and show off some of this beautiful art that we've got and um can you tell our listeners about uh about this setting yeah happy to do it so we stumbled into uh the opportunity to work with a really great artist named emily Hare. she's out of the uk and i've been a fan of her work along with my daughter for uh three or four years now um have bought a number of her art books um and i reached out to her uh, nearly two years ago at this point and said how do you feel about role-playing games and her answer was i've never played them but let's talk so we were able to essentially partner with her she is on the team and and cranking out art and all kinds of great ideas uh she is the the imaginator i guess of the of the realms the original creator and we're just wrapping a team around her to bring her world to life cool cool uh, what other stuff has she done that we might have heard of she has worked on Humblewood. Um, okay. I'm trying to think. She did some art for Humblewood, some other stuff for Hit Point Press as well. And I'm, there's one other game that she's worked on that it's, it is escaping me now. I can't remember which one it is. But primarily, she just sells her work. She is an artist full-time and sells her work directly from her own website. And I recommend going there to check it out. If you look up Art of Emily Hare on Google, you will find her. Hare, H-A-R-E. Go buy okay. some of her originals or prints or whatever. Go support her because she is awesome. Yeah, this is uh, this is some really cute art you guys have. Can you describe uh, kind of the tone of the game for me? Yeah, we, we go back and forth on this. Mikey, you just tell me to shut up when you need me to shut up so you can talk. Otherwise, I will fill space. I understand. Yeah, I know you do. Uh, so Emily's art is, like you said, I think I think cute, cozy. Those are good words. She has a a, a very British... I guess I'm going to call it um, like Arthurian sort of feel to a lot of what she does, but also a very fey or or glamour uh, feel to it. And that comes from that's just that's just who she is as a person. Right. That's the kind of stuff that she enjoys. She is less of the sort of grim, dark D&D &D sort of stuff that we're seeing 
uh, all over the place at this point in time. There's nothing wrong with Grimdark. That's where my heart goes usually. But we saw her stuff and said, there's a chance to do something new here. And for us, that's something new. And for Emily as well is to sort of wrap the vibe of legend if you're familiar with that movie and the last unicorn and maybe some of the jim henson stuff like dark crystal mm -hmm. throw in a little bit of grim fairy tale and maybe some alice in wonderland and that's the vibe we're going for it is a little whimsical but definitely dangerous uh, creatures are clever the setting is about survival it's called surviving strange hollow but it's not survival in terms of how do i make my hit points last it's survival in terms of how do I make sure this thing doesn't trick me into walking into its mouth? Nice, nice. So closer, like you say, to grim fairy tales. Yep. As, as opposed yeah. to having a long slog with the beholder. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and and just the the fun things we can do with um, the setting and how do we make things that are challenging for players that aren't more hit points and higher armor class or more spells? Like, what can we do to make things? interesting for players that have maybe been playing D&D for a while. It's like, well, I know how all these spells work. Well, they might not work the same way in Strange Hollow. Maybe that spell doesn't work how you think it does. And that'll be a learning opportunity for players and, and kind of fun as they rediscover how things work inside the, the boundaries of Strange Hollow. Um, yeah. And we're working with a great team of designers. Uh, we've got Ed Greenwood. I mean, that's a name you recognize right out of the gate. But mm -hmm. our, our lead designer is Sean Merwin. He's worked on a number of Wizards of the Coast properties. He's been on a lot of the stuff for Ghostfire games. He, he continues to work very closely with Ghostfire. But he helped us put together a team of people that are just complete A-listers. And they're helping us to design not only the fiction that you mentioned earlier, which is they're creating... I want to say it's six um, short form, you know, sort of novellas that are going to go along in the book uh, that are going to articulate what, what Strange Hollow feels like. They're also, some of them, working on creature design and subclass design and feats and backgrounds and those sorts of things to give players and storytellers something to grab onto that feels like Strange Hollow and that they can take to other campaigns if they really want to. So they're going to be universally usable, but also feel Strange Hollow-y. Nice, nice. Um, this has got to be a, a really daunting challenge. I mean, uh, managing all this talent and bringing in a book, you know, combination of fiction plus game content and all the art. Yeah. Um, I, I'm getting a little stressed out just thinking about it, Jason. Um, <laughs> how, 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 how are you guys wrangling all those uh, all those horses into one pen? Yeah, so the nice thing is we've got three of us that are doing the wrangling. Uh, Mikey, myself, and then Sean also is doing a lot of the production work. So he's managing the narrative writing side of things now, which is all being done at the moment with that that group of writers you showed on the screen. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we also um, have, you know, just his experience as do doing this professionally for, you know, over a decade at this point, working with some really, really great companies. So he knows what buttons to push when and what levers to pull when to make sure that things are getting done and to get the right kind of content out of the writers. And Jason and I are handling more of the, the on the business side, the advertising and just kind of the cat herding, as I might say, um, from my from my day job uh, type stuff where it's like, how do we, you know, basically, you know, with a lot of jobs is how do you get the best work out of your team? And mm -hmm. the, the short answer is, you give them the tools you need, you take things and they take things out of their way so that they can go do what they do best, which is for our team is creating games. Yeah. Um, and if we have to buy a bottle of bourbon and send it to Ed Greenwood along the way, we'll do that. 
<laughs> I, I've never heard a bad story about Ed Greenwood. Ed's one of those guys where if you meet him at a con, it seems like it's, uh, you know, you'll have stories to tell for the rest of your life about Ed. He is the just the kindest guy I have ever dealt with. It is nuts for someone with that level of acumen and experience and status to just approach us like we're his equals is just flooring to me. Like I, we couldn't ask for a better partner. We're very, very, we're very fortunate and appreciative and like the team that we have that Sean was able to help us get together um, because of his connections, like we're uh, very grateful for that and like just want to do right by them and, and do right by Emily to kind of take her work and then filtering it through these amazing authors. And like, then we have this awesome fiction that kind of creates this world. And then how do we take that fiction and, and make it into rules and things that make sense then in this world? So it's a very, um, I've been talking about this very, like very top down design was like, we have this awesome art. Now let's tell some stories about it. And now let's make the rules. Oh, well, this, this story deals with, um, so uh, I'm not gonna, you know, spoil some stuff, but like this, this story deals with cooking maybe like some recipes or something like that. It's like, okay, well, how do we make something that's a game mechanic, that's a rule that integrates with that story that she told? So if everything feels very cohesive. Okay, so it's very uh, fiction-driven, as the kids say these days. Yep, very much so. It is kind of the opposite of OSR. <laughs> is it, it's, it, I, don't, I don't get a Morkboard vibe here no, at all. Not at all. <laughs> and nothing wrong with Mork Borg. We're talking to someone who does a Mork Borg hack in a few weeks. But uh, yeah, this looks, as you say, I'm getting big, last unicorn, kind of dark crystal vibes. Um, when does Kickstarter launch? We are going live on March 5th. So look for okay. it. And of course, we've got a pre launch page up that people can go check out and become a VIP if they want to. Um, if nothing else, give us your email. We'll make sure that you know that it goes live on March 5th. Uh, and it's going to go for 30 days. We are anticipating um, that this will appeal to a, a whole different group of D&D players, and we're really excited about that. I think we're going to bring in some new people to the to the the hobby through this book because of the, how it feels different from a lot of what else is out there. Yeah, you're definitely kind of uh, scratching a different niche than a lot of the other Kickstarters I see. Um, I, let, me, let me ask you about playtesting. Can you just give me? Don't have to, you know. Don't I want you to spoil the meta plot for me? But can you give me an example of some of the adventures that you guys have, you know, um, seen going on in playtesting, just to kind of give a flavor of what sort of adventures people will expect from surviving uh, Strange Hollow? Yeah, for sure. So we have done most of the playtesting that we have done so far is very tactical in terms of how does this ability or this subclass mesh with the the extant. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, D and D stuff that's out there, right? Particularly the core, the core rules. And um, excuse me, lost my voice for a second there. Most of the the stuff that we're putting out there is very tactical, like that. When I when I say we, I mean Mikey and myself. Uh, then we've got uh, Sean, who is going to be running the first set of really in depth, strange, hollow feeling play tests, like testing the feel rather than the how it works. Uh, he's going to be doing some of that at Gary Khan, uh, we believe. And then we're looking at probably doing some more. This will be after the campaign, obviously, but doing some more at Gen Con uh, at a pretty high, uh, pretty pretty intense um, volume, I think. 
more important than all that, though, part of the VIP group that we're putting together is they're going to be our, our broad play testers. We're going mm -hmm. to say, here's the play test kit, and we're going to roll that out a couple of times over the course of the months after the Kickstarter launches and let people play test, give us feedback. And, you know, we're following the model that Wizards of the Coast themselves are, are using mm -hmm. at this point. And most of the most of the game companies out there are following this model where you get a hundred to a thousand people that are, are really into it and you get them to play test and give you their honest feedback. And that's our plan as well. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I guess we should mention the URL once again, because if folks want to get it on the play test, I'm guessing they go to accidentalcyclops.com. Yeah. If they just go to accidentalcyclops.com, they'll get to the right place. Yeah, man. I was, I was, I had to took a breath. I was going to say the whole URL. <laughs> yeah. <but all> right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a fun name, but sometimes it's a mouthful. Sometimes yeah. you write a URL just for SEO purposes, and uh, it's hard to say. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, tell me, for people who can't see, and uh, we've got a cute little, um, well, it's definitely feline hanging out in this branch here, with sort of a whimsical look on its face. Can you guys tell me about this creature at all? Yeah, this is the striped bravog, and he looks little in that picture, but he's actually a large creature. He is roughly ogre sized. Yikes! Okay. Yeah, and he is so so. Think uh, tiger that you want to pet, but probably shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the striped bravog, and um, it's an intelligent creature. It's it's feline, as you said. It's a beast, um, but it is uh, it it wants to eat you, but it's not going to spend a lot of energy trying to do it. It is probably going to get you to do something for it, either bring it a different meal or it's going to trick you into coming close so it can grab you easily. That is the kind of creature that a striped bravog is. Okay. Okay. This is sort of a, uh, a, a uh, kind of a fun sloth. <laughs> a little bit like a fun sloth. That's okay. good. <laughs> Just a, all right. Um, and same kind of pose on a tree branch, but this interesting looking, um, I want to call him an iguana, but I'm sure he has a different name. <laughs> Yeah, so Emily calls that guy the fairy eating dragon. We'll probably give it oh. another name as well, but it will be colloquially known as colloquially known as the fairy eating dragon. Uh, it is a fairly small guy, probably in the medium size category, um, and it is there are lots of fairies in Strange Hollow. It's an enchanted forest, or a, a big chunk of Strange Hollow is an enchanted forest, and this guy lives by eating fairies. That's his mm. thing. Yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah. I, I can see that. That's kind of a cool story element. Um, and I'm guessing mermaid. Yeah, yeah. mermaid um, in the singing pools. That is a location off the coast uh, of Strange mm -hmm. Hollow. Or sorry, off of the in, in inland, but barely away from the coastline of Strange Hollow. So it is a sort of brackish set of pools. And these mermaids are, they have their own little society there. And I don't want to spoil too much because one of the mm -hmm. adventures we're creating delves into dealing with the, this group of mermaids but they are you know they're mermaids they do mermaid things mermaid stuff all day all yeah right. and i was wanting to ask you this is kind of a spooky piece yeah yeah, that's the that's what Emily calls the water spirit. And again, I don't want to give away too much because one of the big pieces of fiction that uh, I think that James Hake is going to be writing, and he's I don't know if anyone knows James Hake, but surely most people do. He's from Critical Role. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he worked on D and D Beyond for years. Um, he's got a he's got a great resume. But James is working on a story that deals with the water spirit and. 
I'm thinking of this creature in a similar way that, you know, people do like an undine or a um, water nymph or something along those lines, or even maybe like the lady, the lake sort of, sort of creature. So uh, intelligent, tied to a location, uh, has its own motivations, but also maybe you see it as sort of a wish granter or something along those lines. Cool, cool. Very interesting stuff. Um, so Kickstarter is in March, coming up soon. Um, We've got lots of playtesting going on. If I know it's too early to really say, but if you had to um, stick a stake in the ground and say we're going to do delivery, when do you think that people actually will be getting the books? Yeah, so right now we're saying April uh, 2025. So we, we think we're going to be 12, about 12 months after the Kickstarters where we're going to start fulfilling. And uh, that feels like a doable timeline based on how much is done. We've got a good number of the creatures drafted. A lot of the rules are drafted. Uh, the story is be stories are being finished now. And all of the art minus a few custom pieces that we still have yet to do is done. And that's usually what takes, that's what slows things down most often is getting the artwork done. And we started with 90% of our artwork, which is great. So oh. we feel pretty confident. I mean, obviously things happen, writers get behind. Mm -hmm. uh, we may decide we wanna add a thing or two to just make it a little bit better. Um, you just never know what shipping is gonna be like, but we are feeling pretty confident with our with our spring delivery of, next, of 2025. Yeah, and we wanna make sure that we go through enough development of the rules that it's cohesive, it makes sense. It's balanced as much as, you know, some things are balanced, like some stuff, some stuff isn't as balanced in D&D as I'd like it to be, but we don't want something to be either just either too weak or not fun or too powerful. And also not, that's also not fun. It's like, well, I guess stopped everything. Like that's, that's not fun. That's not challenging. We want to make sure that things are sort of in line or, you know, a little within, you know, a standard deviation of existing power levels. Um, yeah. yeah. And we're also a little bit waiting on, we, we have some inside tracks on the, um, the rules that are coming out for, whatever they're going to call the next half version of DD. I don't think they've landed on a final title yet, but it's coming out this year. Mm. And we're making this sort of future proof with those rules as well. So Oh wow. Okay. You guys you've oh that's I have never heard of anyone having that kind of inside line before at Wizards. Uh, good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a matter of just uh well they're releasing a lot of material. So a lot of the playtest stuff is already out there and we know what it's gonna be. And our goal is to be able to wrap as much of that new stuff into this book as we can we're told it's backward compatible but we would rather get ahead of it and say not only are we backward compatible we're also planning for some of those new features that that uh, 5.5 is going to have we're using some of those new new, uh, new toys in the toy box are rolling out so that yep. makes sense um we should probably mention uh just some of the numbers you've got 60 unique hand-painted creatures Pretty yeah, so, and that's a that's lot of beautiful art over 70 already now so okay yeah. yeah i mean all of all of the art that like those creatures you're seeing in the, either in that spread or that cover is all emily's just a watercolor painter so all of that is just hand watercolor art um that she had created over the course of years and you know she'll be making some new stuff as we sort of uh you know collaborate on stories or ideas um and she's been a great partner to collaborate with um on this project so you just want to make sure that like we're getting some new stuff for maybe some of her existing back existing backers of her and fans of her projects some new stuff for them as well as just introducing a whole new audience to just this work nice um eight new subclasses 
and people always like to hear about those. Yeah. Uh, numerous new feats, backgrounds, spells, probably too many to go into detail, <laughs> and uh, new approaches to challenges and hazards, uh, new environmental encounters meant to challenge players in interesting ways. So um, yeah. lots of uh, lots of new rules kind of to help, to help flesh out the setting. So it's all good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we've got the right team to help us make sure those rules make sense and are fun in the right ways and challenging in the right ways. Sweet. Sweet. Well, we've been gabbing for about 20 minutes, um, getting to the point where I usually wrap things up. Uh, do you guys have any last words or things you want to get out there before we uh, call the show? Oh, I said the biggest, I've got two that are real big. Number one, go support Emily and her artwork because she's amazing and she does this full time and she's got great sculpture, great drawings, great prints, and obviously great original paintings that you can find on her website as well. Uh, so just look up Emily Hare, H-A-R-E, and you'll you'll find her stuff pretty quick. Uh, secondly, make sure you go uh, back Mike's stuff. He's staying busy. Um, so our, our own BAMF host, he's got plenty of stuff out there you can go check out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Fading Goat Games. So I'm doing stuff. Yep, doing all kinds of stuff. We were talking about that before we got online, and I was like, man, I don't know that I could keep up with your pace. Um, th these are books I've been working on for a couple of years. It just, um, I, I like to, I do the occasional bigger book like you guys are doing, but um, a big book this last year, Cocaine Albert. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's a thin little book. It's a honey heist hack, but you know, it's, oh, nice. it was fun to do. But um, the Slavs love this book. Um, I have been covered by Russian, Czechoslovakian, Ukrainian. I, I could bring peace to Eastern Europe <laughs> through the power of Cocaine Albert. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I just found Emily's website. Let me throw that up on a banner because that that is a URL. That's fun and easy to say. That's just yeah, emilyhair.co.uk. Yeah, just rolls off the tongue very easily. So it really uh, does. It's not up. like the stupid URLs I write. Well, it's distinctive, um, you know. Yeah. yeah. You will not confuse it. Oh, I, I'm you know I'm going to share her webpage for a second if you guys don't mind. No, absolutely. I yeah. expect a lot of this art will be in your book anyway. Um, yeah. but. We are oh, this, all here because of Emily. Yeah. Let's, um, all right. So that's the cover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, spooky. Oh, wow. Look at this. Look at this sea serpent, water dragon. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. That's, that's actually one of my favorite creatures. It is the black serpent. It doesn't have a, a real fancy name, uh, but mm -hmm. they actually do a song that uh, it's almost like sirens, mm -hmm. and they bring, bring sailors to their death, all kinds of creatures to their death on the rocks and then eat them. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, more water creatures. Nice tree. The water spirit we saw. About. Oh, combat with the, uh, let's call it a troll. Yeah, that's actually not in, that's not a strange hollow. I think she okay. made that picture for something else. She's just displaying it on her uh, her page, but it's not a strange hollow creature. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, down there. Well, that one is the, uh, uh, what is that one called? Is that the frilled? Um, no, it's, it's a different one, I think. Maybe it is though. Gosh, I don't know. Now I feel dumb. <laughs> Uh, but the one down in the bottom right there, the red dragon, is also not a strange hollow thing. That was a piece okay. of something else. Oh, wow. Look at that. This is the one we talked about before, the fairy and dragon. And check out yeah. uh, this guy here coming up. Yeah. The, Godzilla. The Volstag or something like that or something it's along those. Volgast, yep. Volgast, yeah. 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 That is pretty cool. Wow. So, yeah, that's emilyhair.co.uk. Wow, she does nice stuff. And a lot of this you can pick up as prints or whatnot. So yep. uh, give it a look. It's uh, It's worth your time. Absolutely. So, uh, Mikey, uh, pass the mic to you. Any, uh, any last words before we, uh, sign off? 
Um, yeah, just really excited for this project. And we've, you know, kind of been working on it for a while. Um, just kind of me, Jason, and Emily. And then when we got Sean on, it was just like kind of kind of leveled up our campaign several, several times over and, and wants to be able to bring um to the team and just he's just a veteran, he's a veteran game designer and um having that sort of talent and skill and knowing what not to do and what to do to make sure the project's successful has been super helpful. Um, so like, you know, getting you to support um, Sean and the other projects he's working on and uh, cool people like that. And yep. Yeah, we'll call out Ghostfire Gaming. They've been uh, very cool with us as well. They've got a lot of good products out there and we're using some of their uh, talent that they have used over the years. Some of that team is also working with us on this. So um, good, good people over there. Nice, nice. Uh, once again, go to XNLCyclops.com and uh, you can find all, everything you want to know about Strange Hollow and they'll be launching in just about three weeks, it looks like. Three and a half. So uh, give it a look. <laughs> yep. And um, I think that's it. Anything else, guys? No, man. Thanks for having us on. This is yeah, great. thanks for having us. Mm -hmm. It's been a pleasure. And thanks to our listeners and viewers. And we'll catch you next time on the Banff Podcast. There's an awkward